I'm Sherry Elliott, your host, and today I have joining me as co-host John Janik, Dev Technologies Chief Technologist, as we discuss winning with women leaders and leading the way. Hi, John. Thank you for joining me today. Hey, Sherry. It's great to be here. It's great to be on another episode of DevCast. I'm really looking forward to today's discussion. I think it's going to be fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, this has been a really challenging yet rewarding year for Dev. We have won so many amazing awards this year, and we wanted to just take this time at the end of the year to kind of celebrate our triumphs, acknowledge the great women and women leaders that we are fortunate to work with every single day. Today, we have with us Kendall Holbrook, our CEO of Dev Technology, Michelle Sherman, Vice President of Advanced Technical Solutions, and last but not least, we have Becky Crane, Director of one of our largest programs, and she is the Executive Chair of the Women in Technology at Dev program here, where we refer to it as WITI. Welcome, everyone. Hello. Hello. Morning. I'm excited. I mean, let's just run it back all the things that we've had happen to us over this last year. We won the Anita B. Org Award for Top Companies for Women Technologists. We won the CARE Awards based on our performance supporting employees through the COVID-19 pandemic, our diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts, community involvement, and our employee-centric policies. And not to mention Kendall Holbrook won GovCon's Executive of the Year. Wow. I mean, that's all I can really say in that area, except for the fact that I'm excited that I've had the opportunity to be a part of this in some small way, and there's so much more to come. So let's just start with, how does it make you guys feel first as leaders in the company, and then as women in general, as you look back over all that we have accomplished this year? And I'll go ahead and start the question off with Michelle. Great. Thanks, Sherry. I think in a word, I feel very proud proud of everything that we have accomplished this past year. It's been a challenging year. It's been a challenging year on the professional front. It's been a challenging year on the personal front. But I think at the end of the day, our teams have come through supporting our customers' mission. We're doing good things on all of our projects. And I think our customers realize that. So I'm very proud that other organizations have recognized the good things that Dev have done. And I'm also very honored to have played a small part in that. Yeah, it has been. And that's a great word for it as well. What do you think, Becky? How do you feel about the fact that the things that we've been able to do as women in this company and just the accomplishments that women are making in general in technology? Yeah, I just think it's a pleasure and a privilege to come to my job every day because I get to work with so many great people, men and women. But I do think that dev technology is rich in women leaders and individual contributors, people that I get to learn from every day and just in general get to enjoy working with. So I think the awards that we win just reflect my own joy of coming to this company every day. Right, right. I feel the same way. Like I said, just the fact that I had the opportunity to be a small part of this and just to be here to see what we've done and what is to come. And so, Kendall, our leader, how does it make you feel when you look back over the things that we've done in this company as a woman and also just in general? So I'm also proud. I'm, I'm in awe of all of the 
awesome employees that we have at the company, especially the women, you know, to be able to come to work and be matched intellectually by all of my colleagues is amazing. Especially seeing the women that are thriving in the company is even more amazing. You know, it was great to be acknowledged as executive of the year, but to me, getting that Anita B award to be with the likes of the New York Times company as the awardee in the category that's larger than ours is an amazing feat for a company like Dev Technology. You all know when Susie and Sanjeev started the company almost 22 years ago now, they created a company that was people-centric. It's all about the people. And I'm just glad that we've been able to continue that trend into 2021 and and definitely we will into 2022 and just that focus that we've had on diversity, inclusion and equity um, is so important. And I'm just proud to be a female leader, a black female leader at Dev. And hopefully everyone is proud, proud of all of the work that we get to do together. You know, I think when you look at the names that were up on the board for both Anita B and for the Grace Hopper celebration, which a lot of people know a lot more about, right? So Grace Hopper celebration is the big annual convention where women in technology are celebrated, where they're promoted, where they have an opportunity to get together and have all those conversations. That's all sponsored by Anita B. And Anita B does such a tremendous job every single year both through the conference, but also beyond the conference, because those two things are very tightly linked. And I think it's just such a phenomenal achievement. Like you said, Kendall, not only with the New York Times companies and with everybody that won the awards in the different categories this year, but also the fact that you have Disney and Google and Facebook all being represented in the same space because they understand and recognize the importance of diversity diversity of thought, diversity of gender, diversity of approach, right? They understand that all this empowers our teams and creates better solutions for our clients. So all in all, I think for the purposes of where we've come and what we've achieved this year, for me at least, it's definitely a top achievement. So as as a follow-on, in addition to winning that huge award, it was also really amazing because at the Grace Hopper celebration, Kendall, you and Michelle were both speakers, right? And you took it from different perspectives. And so first off, having the privilege of speaking at the conference is in and of itself a huge thing. But also the fact that you had the opportunity to engage with women in technology in these different lanes. I was wondering if maybe you could tell us a little bit more about your talks and and what you talked about and maybe even kind of throw a little softball out there, give that teaser on where they can find more information about those talks. So Kendall, talk with us a little bit about your crossing the chasm talk that you gave at Grace Hopper. Sure. Thanks, John, for that question. You know, certainly one of the things that people often ask me, you know, if anyone knows anything about my story, I started out as a developer back in 1996 after I graduated with a degree in computer science. And I've had a career that's kind of traversed many different types of jobs, very different types of jobs. And so, you know, I've really focused my talk on my story and how that could be others' stories, right? How that could lead others to find their story. It's not a, I'm going to start at point A and end in point B, and it's going to be a straight line. 
right? That process to go from kind of individual performer to a leader in an organization, whether it's Dev or Google or, you know, New York Times or wherever it is, it's normally a windy road, right? And so it requires us to say yes. It requires us to be bold in our choices. It requires us, especially as women, to think that our experiences and our knowledge base is good enough to do that job, at least good enough to walk into the door of that job and do a bit of learning while we're in there. You know, I learn something every day. I try at least to learn something every day. And so we have to remember that, especially as women, that it's okay to take a job and not feel like you got 100% of the types of activities under your belt. You can go in with 70%, 75% and do some learning on the job. We have to give ourselves some grace to do that. So that was what my talk was this year. And the really remarkable thing about Grace Hopper, I just want to throw this out there, is that it's not just women who are U.S.-based. It's women joining internationally. So that opportunity to see women from all over the world coming and, and, and talking and discussing and The issues really are the same across the globe. And so it it was just a great experience. That's phenomenal. So I have a follow-up question. Do you think that when we talk about the executive ranks, and and I'll flip this to Michelle in a second, but do you think when we talk about the executive ranks, do you think imposter syndrome is more of an issue when you're coming into that space? Or do you think it's kind of present throughout? There's been a lot of discussion around this idea that you talked a little bit about. It's okay to come into the job not knowing 110% of everything you need to know and having that space for growth and renewal. And we talk about this, especially in tech all the time, because tech is constantly evolving and changing. How do we get it past this idea of imposter syndrome and really flip it to continuous learning and this idea that you should always be learning and you should always be growing and it's okay to go into those spaces being unsure? Yeah, I think it's throughout the life cycle. I don't know that it's just in the executive ranks. I mean, I try to think back to some of the roles that I took on when I was earlier in my career. I think I was very bold back then, probably even more bold than I am now. So I don't know, I don't ever remember a time other than when I decided to move into the business development tract that I suffered from imposter syndrome. The other jobs I took, I took readily. I was bored. I got bored easily, quite frankly, in my early career. I had to be doing many different things. I had to try different jobs. So that was just my personality that I would feel like I mastered something and I was ready to move on to master something else. But when I got to the business development opportunity, when I was asked to come into that particular field, I didn't know that I could do it. I didn't even know if I wanted to do it, right? And so, you know, I did. I did talk to a lot of people and had a lot of those conversations about, well, am I good enough? Are people going to question me? Are they going to think I know what I'm talking about, right? And so that was really the first time I experienced it, but it was pretty early in my career. So I don't think it's just an executive issue. I think it happens all along our journey, our work-life journey. Yeah, interesting. Michelle, you took a slightly different take to the whole conversation. Rather than talking with folks who are looking at going into that executive suite, joining the C-team for the first time, right? You were talking with people who are coming into IT. So maybe share a little bit about that whole conversation and how you brought to the table, how you talked with folks about it. Sure. Thanks. And I, you know, also was incredibly honored to be 
selected to speak at the Grace Hopper Conference. It was, as Kendall said, just a great opportunity to interact with women in IT across the globe. Uh, And it was certainly very rewarding for me. And I hope it will be even more rewarding in person next year. So my topic, yes, I did talk about dare to say yes, tips for getting your first job in IT. And the idea came from, you know, kind of my own personal life and reflections. And you read a lot about, especially a working woman, work-life balance and how important it is, which I personally have never subscribed to work-life balance. I subscribe to work-life blending. I think you need to be in a work environment that respects your personal life and you need to have a personal life that respects your professional life. So I spent a lot of time in 2020, like everybody, with my kids. Uh, And my daughter is a college graduate from the class of 2020. Tough year to be entering the workforce. So I spent not only time with her trying to support as I could as a parent, but also time with her friends who ended up coming to me for career advice and suggestions and, you know, how to navigate this market. So I put together my presentation really based on conversations that I had had with them as I thought about, you know, what are some of the things that I'm suggesting that they do? And it was really centered around kind of five components that you need to say yes. You need to say yes to promoting yourself, to asking for help. You need to say yes for feeling uncomfortable and say yes to saying no, which really is an odd one, but don't take the first job you're offered. Make sure it's the right job. So say yes to saying no. And then lastly, once you're hired, say yes to jumping in and putting all the energy that you put into finding that job to really doing a great job once you got there. So it was an opportunity to just kind of share those things that I kind of had observed as I talked to these guys, as well as some stories from their journeys as they were navigating. And, you know, I always say every time I have an opportunity, I really hope folks give the class of 2020 and now the class of 2021 some grace because what a challenging year to try to begin your professional life. You know, Michelle and Kendall, you know, I just want to add to points that both of you made. Kendall, you speak about how you did a multitude of jobs and you're always looking to move the next thing. And I think that's pretty much been my career motive. And I think back when I transitioned over from hardware to software, I remember my very first interview, the lady said to me, well, you have no software experience. And I basically told her that the skills I had on the hardware side were transferable and one doesn't work without the other. So once I told her that, you know what I'm saying? She was kind of, oh, you're right. And basically it just becomes a thing of betting on yourself and feeling confident enough that when I get in here, I'm going to learn what it is that I don't know. And then I'm going to take that and move it to the next level. And the same thing that you're saying, Michelle, say yes to what it is that you feel comfortable and you don't have to feel desperate to say, oh, hey, this is something that they offer me. Let me just grab hold of it. See if that fits with what you're actually trying to do. See if it's opportunities there to mold yourself and move forward. I mean, when I look at dev technologies, right, we have so many different opportunities that we use to foster different avenues and help cultivate, you know, women and employees in general in their pathway. And so like Women in Technology at Dev, which Becky is the executive chair over. Becky, how do you feel about that? Do you think that having this has helped women here at Dev Technology? And what's the real benefit of having women in technology? 
Thanks. I think that's a great question because, of course, as a company, it's important to support all of our employees in their paths, their current jobs, their future jobs. And I think that we do that by focusing on many different approaches. Women in technology is just one of those. And for some people, that's the additional support that works for them. So I think adding that as a focus for people that connect with that it's important. So, you know, at the beginning of the year, our Women in Technology at Dev, WITDI, steering committee met together to say, what do we want to try to accomplish this year? What are the kinds of activities? What are the kinds of outcomes? And so, you know, we identified a number of different types of ways that we could support women at our company or women outreach. I think one of the examples of what WITDI has led to is Dev Technologies' participation in some women-focused recruiting fairs, like there's a women in technology group in this DC area. So we now attend that, and we've gotten some great candidates through there. And there may be some candidates that feel more comfortable at that recruiting fair than they do at others. And so we've been able to connect with them there. I think the Anita B conference and other conferences or meetings that focus specifically on women in technology. Those are opportunities that you know may really work for certain folks in connecting with them. I participated in a women leadership focused training cohort this year through Act IAC that was great. It was a set of women leaders being coached, having specific trainings that we talked about all together. And that had a very particular focus on women leadership and the types of challenges that women may face. So that was a really great learning opportunity for me because I connected with that as an approach. So, you know, I think it's one way that we support our employees and for the folks that that helps, I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, for me, I like the fact that Deb has so many paths to success and so many ways for women and employees to feel empowered and encouraged in deaf technology. Why do you think that's important for them, though? Because also, you know, doing this is not also just so you can become a leader, because that's not necessarily everyone's trajectory, right? Everyone doesn't want to lead, but they still want to map out their career path. Sure. It could just be for growth in whatever the area that they are looking for. Looks like Kendall's got a thought on that. (laughs) Thanks, Becky. I was just going to say, I was just going to remind us all what our very first uh, WITDI event was. We actually kicked off the program several years ago with a panel. And on that panel, it was my predecessor, right? I'm Susie's successor. So Susie was on the panel. I was on the panel. But we also brought women from all different types of roles in the company. We wanted to make sure we had women technicians and, you know, we, I believe we had an analyst on the panel. So we wanted to make sure we were, were representing the full plethora of, of types of women and, and the types of roles that they're in, in the company as part of that discussion so that the other women could see where we all were, right? It was important to show that representation across the company and not just in certain pockets. Yeah, I think it's inspirational in that panel as a great example, could have inspired a number of different folks that are on different paths. 
So I'm just going to jump in here too. At Dev, we have a lot of different groups that bring folks together around community. In fact, it's one of our core values, right, Kindle? So we always want to support the communities that we are present in that we depend on, right? I think it's important to recognize that women in technology is a community that we depend on because so much of that helps us deliver for our government clients, right? So it's very much a community that we embrace, that we want to participate in, that we want to be a part of. And so, Becky, my question for you is, especially for the guys in the audience that are listening, folks who who are listening to this conversation and saying, wow, this really sounds great, but I don't understand how I fit into this. Where do I see myself in this community? I was wondering if maybe you could walk us through a little bit of how do others get involved with Whitney? You know, whether you're a new hire, especially within the dev community, right? But the most interesting thing that you brought up is the fact that Whitney isn't just at dev, right? It really is a community about women and technology. And yes, the community is based out of this company, but you all do continuous delivery for a number of nonprofits, for a number of different organizations throughout the course of the year. You have engagements, you have conferences, like you said, recruiting events, right? All these different interactions that are led by the group. So I was wondering if you could maybe talk us through a little bit of both for folks who are listening, who, who might be members of the dev community, but also for those outside the dev community. When we talk about women in technology at dev, how can others get involved? Sure. So everybody is invited, men, women. We post our events in a Teams channel, and we also send out company-wide emails. So as an example, we have had book clubs a couple of times a year. We select a book, we send it out to the entire dev community, put out a meeting invite, and anybody who wants to participate can. And we have men and women participating in those book clubs. Panels or other types of group activities. We were supporting a mission downtown when we were all in person once a month serving at their lunch. And men and women participated in that. So check out our team's channel, see what's going on there, post to our team's channel. One of the things that we are trying to do with that team's channel is build an information base of any sorts of information, books, podcasts, conferences, meetups, anything that might be of interest to specifically to women in technology, but anybody could be interested in that. So really everything, all of our events, everyone is invited to participate. Michelle, please add. I just would add, in addition to participate, we're also interested in ideas from everybody, right? So, you know, I think one of the greatest things about Dev is things don't just happen, but they also evolve as it makes sense. So, you know, especially as we're moving into I think more and more of a hybrid organization, then if folks have ideas for programming or topics to explore or, you know, things that we should support, they're encouraged to just share and we'll, we'll run with it. You know, I can attest to that. I mean, one of the things that I love about being a woman employee and just an employee here at Dev is absolutely you have an open door policy and a lot of places will say, oh, we have an open door policy. You legitimately have an open door policy here. You can talk to the execs. They will make time to respond to you. I know firsthand that I've had the opportunity to bring a couple of different initiatives to the exec team. And they were like, you know what, this makes sense. I think our employees could get value. 
And so the fact that I had a, a voice to them, right? They wanted to hear what I had to say and they were interested in the idea. So that is absolutely true. So if you're interested and you want to participate, you want to know more, you're not understanding or know which direction that you should be moving towards in order to further navigate your career, definitely they're open to helping you and leading you the right direction. Ladies, if there was a piece of advice that you wish you had at the beginning of your careers, midway of your careers, even yesterday, that you would like to share, what would that be? And I'm just going to kind of go around for each and every one of you. We'll start with Becky. I think it actually relates to both of what Michelle and Kendall talked about at the Grace Harper Convention, which is not to be afraid to take that next step, even a little bit before you think you're ready. I was definitely one of those people that was like, I'm going to check off 100% of those boxes of come my comfort level before I move into the next significant role. I now looking back, 75% probably would have done it. So I think that's great advice. All right, Michelle, what advice would you lend? I think I would probably say that there are no one size fits all solutions. And that I think every decision You have to factor in circumstances and time. And sometimes the circumstances might be right, but sometimes the time might be wrong. So I just think that a lot of times I found myself looking externally for support and decisions and really probably should have spent more time looking internally and really go with your gut has never steered me wrong. And when you don't go with your gut, that's where I have made bad decisions. All right. Now, Kendall. I think I would just remind everyone that no one achieves great things all by themselves. Even when it often looks like you are achieving it by yourself, you probably aren't. There are normally multiple people who are in your corner, whether they're seen or unseen, making sure that things are going right for you. You know, when I was reflecting on the questions you sent out in advance so we could prepare for this discussion. You know, I thought about the many people who were put in my path along the way who helped me, right? Who helped me. People, you know, I said people ask me all the time, how'd you you go from, you know, business development to CEO? And it it wasn't a, a point A to point B. I had many points along my path. But the other thing was I had many people along that path who sponsored me, mentored me, coached me so that I could be in the position I'm in today. So just remember, you don't do it alone. Yeah, I want to add to that, Kendall, because I think that's the lesson that we all can move forward in as we go into 2022 that, you know, so there's two parts to this. One is that nobody makes it alone, right? And I think that it always is important to reflect as we get to the end of the year on that and how many people we work with and interact with and have helped us in big and small ways getting to that next step, whatever that looks like. And also talking a little bit about how I think one of the things that's really important, Michelle, you commented on this too, right, is the idea that Dev, as a mission-obsessed employee-centric company, is a platform that helps you get to that next state, right, that helps you get to that next level, because that's where we all want to grow and develop and get there together. So I think as we close out the year, this has been exactly the conversation that I think I wanted to have, which is celebrating some of our biggest wins of the year 
and reflecting back and realizing, and Kendall, I, I want to thank you again for bringing that to the table. We all work together to get there. And Dev as a company and Whitney as a particular community are all there helping women advance in this space because technology is brutal, right? And I think anybody that's been working in this arena long enough will tell you that. You can't do it alone. What's that old video game phrase from Legend of Zelda, right? It's dangerous out there. Take this. Don't go alone, right? Something like that. And I think that it's really important to, to rephrase that. So I, I want to thank you all for participating in this conversation and being present and walking through some of these questions with us. It's a very profound thing to do, especially at the end of the year. And Sherry, I don't know if you've got anything you want to add to it as we kind of wrap out DevCast for the year, but, but what a great way to end it. I think it's a spectacular way to end it. And the thing I want to add is while we had these wins, right, they're just value adds. That's not why Dev is doing it. Dev is employee-centric, right? And so the things that we do are about our customers' missions, but also about our employees, right, and helping them reach the next level. And so as a result of that, we get recognition, and that just makes it all the more sweeter. So I definitely enjoyed this conversation with you all. Thank you so much, John, for joining me as a co-host. And I thank both Kendall and Michelle and Becky for joining us today. I'm excited to see where Dev Technology goes in 2022. Thank you and have a great day. We'll talk to you next time. Mm -hmm.